Coming today on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung. It doesn't matter that you have spent your entire career doing one thing. There's always spaces to pivot those skill sets into something else. And I could have told myself, wait, I'm a chiropractor. What do I know about online business? Or what do I know about sales? Or what do I know about marketing or operations or product? I sat in every seat in Boss Bay at that point. But I think what I did understand was that actually as a chiropractor, I might not be able to apply the anatomy side of it to business, but I can apply the empathy skills that being able to listen to someone, hear their needs and solve that problem. So the big questions are these, how can we navigate and negotiate every situation in our lives, in our career, in our businesses, in our relationships, and even with ourselves for our own self-worth? In other words, what if you could win every time and have no losers? Let's face it, we're not negotiating just to buy a car or for a pay raise. We are negotiating for living in every aspect of our lives. How can we do that powerfully, successfully, and victoriously? Those are the questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Rebecca Song, and welcome to the time where you negotiate your best life. Welcome to another episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zong, and I love when I get to interview people who are my friends and people that I know because it's so much more fun. And today I have my friend Danielle Canty here, who is the boss babe herself, who's absolutely one of the most powerhouse women that I've ever, ever met. She actually started off as a chiropractor not all that long ago. She's actually not even all that old. Oh my gosh, she's still only in her mid-30s and she has accomplished so much in her life. She's actually created a multi-million dollar business. She has millions and millions of followers and she's also an amazing human being, just really such a joy to be around. So I absolutely love her. Danielle Canty, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thanks so much, Rebecca. I was like blushing um, when you did that introduction. So thank you. Very kind. And yeah, I'm really grateful um, to be here and kind of share my story and share vulnerabilities with you and your audience. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I mean, you were a, a chiropractor, not that, and, and then in less than four years, you built a boss babe. Yeah. I mean, how did you do that? I mean, it, like, what happened there? Talk about that. Yeah. Funny story. So I, um, from when a young kid, I always wanted to like help people. And I decided that at the age of 14, when you're asked what you want to be when you grow up, um, I happened to know a chiropractor. And so I was like, you know what? I'll be a chiropractor. So straight from university, went and I qualified. And it was like my dream job, like helping people every day, people walking in and leaving better than they came. And I absolutely loved it. And through that process, I kind of became a little bit of an entrepreneur. Most chiropractors ended up owning their clinics. And I became one of the part of became part owner of one of the fastest growing primary healthcare brands in the UK. And whilst I'd started to achieve what would be classed as um, 
you know, some financial freedom. What I realized in 2016, when my dad had a really nasty ski accident, was that I had some financial freedom, but I didn't have location freedom. And so when he smashed his pelvis at 70 miles an hour, Mm. um, helicoptered off, emergency surgery, told he wasn't going to be able to like walk for um, several months, I had to leave him and my mom in a different country and fly back home because I had clinic. And Um. so in that moment, I was like, wait, this, I don't know if this is what I, what I want anymore. And I'm sure lots of people have experienced this moment in their lives, whatever it is, is like, you have this vision of your future and it might look like the job. It might look like the 2.4 children. It might look like the the white picket fence. And when you get there, you're like, wait, hang on a minute. I didn't know that this was the other side of this. Like I didn't know the shadow sides of that, or I didn't know like this life would also include this, this, and this. And I realized it just wasn't for me. So whilst I was fulfilled in parts of it, I was like, there's so much that I don't love. And I sat in the moment and I was lucky because I was super young at the time. I was like 26 and I didn't really have any commitments. I owned a house and stuff, but I didn't really have any commitments. And so I sat there being like 26, 27, like it's the, it's the life that I want. Mm. And I remember kind of thinking to myself, well, hang on a minute. I've paid for college. I've got this degree. I've spent four years training, the post-grad training, like put so much, so much time into it. I must be crazy for mm. wanting to create change. Like, like who do I think I am to say that I want more or I want different. Mm-hmm. And I really remember wrestling that with that feeling of guilt around wanting to create change in my life when I had lots of things that I was grateful for. Like I truly, truly was. Um, but I just couldn't shake it. Like I just kept having this feeling of like, oh, I, if this is the way I'm going to live the rest of my life, like if this was what this looks like, staying in this same area for the next like 40, 50 years and being tied to this clinic, which has, you know, like, you know, I can't even look out the window. Like, I don't know if I want this. Yeah. And so I went on kind of this mission in order to understand like what I did want. And that's when I went into online businesses. That's when I followed kind of my passion for really realizing that lots of other women felt lonely as entrepreneurs and founded Boss Babe in 2018. Hmm. It, it, but at some point you moved to this country, right? When did yeah. you move to this country? So I found a boss baby in 2018 and I just want to share this because I think it's really powerful at how quickly your life can change. So I set the intention in 2016 that I was like, you know what? I want another source of income other than chiropractic because I want to be doing more stuff online. And so I did what like, you know, most of us do go to Google, start reading articles, listening to podcasts, doing all the things around like, if I want change, but what change do I want? So I just started exploring. And I took some vacation time, flew to San Diego for an event um, in September 2017, met um, Natalie, who became my business partner and boss babe. And we founded the company in 2018. And we did honestly better than either of us expected in that first year when we started realizing we weren't alone as entrepreneurs. And so as the company scaled, she was actually, she was British, but she was already living in California. As the company scaled, um, 
one trip that I was doing in June 2019, um, I was like, you know what? Like going backwards and forwards, I've been backwards and forwards like five, six times now um, to LA in a year. Maybe I just like look at moving. And so I submitted my visa 2019, got it accepted um, in the December and moved four weeks before the pandemic in February 2020. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive your store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bestlife, all lowercase. Go to Shopify dot com slash best life to take your retail business to the next level today shopify.com slash best life amazing <laughs> oh my gosh that's crazy yeah, that's so crazy so i can't believe you only founded boss babe in 2018 that's so crazy i mean yeah. so you built that company in such a short period of time such yes. a short period of time. So talk that, talk about sorry. that. Yeah, go ahead. I think that's just like what it really shows around, you know, some things can take a while and then some things like when you kind of have that passion fueled with the market fit fueled with like pure determination. Like we were so determined to get this business off the ground. Um and then it just really like snowboarded for us. And, you know, we were in a position where um, I was still actually working my chiropractic hours part time, and you know, as eight hours ahead in the UK, so I'd work a chiropractic day, and then I would do a boss babe day on top of that. So I was literally working about sixteen hours um, a day at that point. But I knew that it was like in my purpose, and I knew that I was kind of doing something that was more aligned with who I was and who I wanted to become, and the lifestyle that I wanted to be um, to create, and. You know, whenever you're founding businesses, I think, you know, that combination of understanding, okay, well, what do I enjoy doing? What am I good at? Coupled with where's the market going and what will people pay for? When you combine those four things, you get this sweet spot in the middle. Um, And that's what we managed to really achieve. Um, And we predominantly grew on social media, selling educational courses to help women because I was already a business owner. So it was Natalie, she had a product-based business, I had brick and mortar. And so we sold tools and created a membership um, where women could join it um, to learn about how to grow and um, 
yeah, grow and leverage their skill sets because we all have them. And I think that was the, also the biggest realization that I had as a chiropractor. You know, it's a vocational degree and you want to share this for anyone listening. It doesn't matter that you have spent your entire career doing one thing. There's always spaces to pivot those skill sets into something else. And I could have told myself, wait, I'm a chiropractor. What do I know about online business? Or what do I know about sales? Or what do I know about marketing or operations or product? I sat in every seat in Boss Bay at that point. But I think what I did understand was like, actually, as a chiropractor, I might not be able to apply the anatomy side of it to business, but I can apply the empathy skills that are being able to listen to someone, hear their needs and solve that problem or even the problem solving aspect. You know, unfortunately, none of us come with handbooks and my job was to often figure out what was going on and solve the problem that way. And so I realized that there was a lot of the skills that I could actually apply and take with me which anyone who's listening who's in this phase of like, hey, am I, you know, too late? Or, you know, how could I possibly change careers? Like I would always encourage you to look at that because you have so many skill sets that transferable to so many different aspects of business. Mm. I love what you're saying. And it's not so much even just careers, it's life in general. I mean, so for people who are sitting there thinking, you know, I'm dealing with a toxic person right now. And and I knew that you have dealt with some toxic people in your life before too. And, you know, and and I, I think sometimes people feel powerless or they feel like they're in difficult situations, you know? And and I think sometimes they just feel like they're in is this victim mode. Like they always get their way or I can't I can't do it because right now I'm stuck. Or you, you know, they they always win. Everybody always sees their side or life isn't fair. You know, everything I try to do doesn't work. You know, like they feel like they're they're always spinning their wheels like that. I mean, what I love about you is how you just sort of see things in a different way. You know, I, and I I want to I want you to talk about that because I, I understand that mentality, but I want you to articulate it as well. Yeah. And I think that it wasn't necessarily something I realized that I did until more recently. But first of all, yeah, I have been in toxic situations. And I think no matter, um, you know, unfortunately in life, there are people out there who are toxic and odds are you are going to run into them at some point. And all we can do is protect ourselves as much as possible, be aware of it, and then move out of those situations. Um but I think one of the things, whether it's a situation from other people or the situation that I was in, like as a chiropractor, I put myself in that position. I really understood from a very early age that if I embodied the victim mentality in these situations, then I was actually depowering myself. I was actually taking away the power for myself because when you're a victim something has been like something is being done to you that you can't do anything about. And so I realized that if I said, oh, um, this is happening to me, like they always win or X, Y, and Z, I wasn't allowing myself to be able to solve the problem versus being able to say, okay, this sucks. They're mean, they're X, Y, Z. This whole thing is like this, but these are the options that I have. And so I always have taken the stance in my life to create um, 
to look for, shall I say, the doors because, or create the doors. I think you can look at it two ways. Sometimes if you tell yourself that you are powerless, that you have, you know, that they have all the power and that you don't, you don't even look for doors or you close the doors before, you know, you've even tried to open them. And so I've really maintained a mindset in my life, which is like, there is always a door. And if there's not a door, I'll kick a door down and create one. Like I'm going to find a door. And so I think that mentality for me has really allowed me to, you know, create number one, like a life that I'm really fortunate and really love and um, feel very blessed to have. And number two has allowed me to move out of toxic situations. It has allowed me to move and allow you know, people maybe I don't want in my life to exit and allow new people to come in. But I think if I had told myself that that wasn't possible for me, I would still probably be a chiropractor back in the UK right now. Um, I don't think that I'm special. I don't think that I am any smarter, more skilled or any which way of anyone else listening to this. I just think I was determined to be like, okay, these are skill sets that I need or these are things that I need to create. Okay, so let's go and create them. Or if I'm not good at this, let me learn to be good at it. If I can't do this, let me figure it out. Or, you know, if I'm not the person, then who is the person? And just always being in that like problem solving mind that there isn't really a challenge that I can't overcome. Only challenges. Actually, I always say this quote to myself, which is like, you can't fail if you don't quit. And so I think in life, if you are not able to keep, most people will give up. Most people will be like, surrender, like, oh yeah, like, or the victim mentality, like, oh, I can't possibly do that. Like, it's okay for them. It's not okay for me, whatever. And what that does is actually keeps them in that position versus like if you keep trying and none of us are great at it the first time, like it's just like watching a child walk. We don't say to a child like, hey, you fell over twice now. Like don't bother trying to learn to walk. We're like, okay, get going again. We're not judging a child on how long it takes them to walk. Some walk at nine months, some walk at 18 months. Like we're not looking at that mentality. So why do we do that to ourselves? Why do we take ourselves like stop ourselves experiencing and learning so that, hey, you might have been in a toxic situation before. You might have struggled to get outward of it so far, but that doesn't mean that tomorrow is going to be the same as yesterday. It doesn't mean a month from now is going to be the same because you're learning and developing with every skill set, like every tumble you take. Your ability to get back up again and learn from that is what will create that change in your life and the circumstances that you're in. So the biggest thing that you have to work on is like your mental ability to keep going when most people will give up. And that's where, you know, if I have been so fortunate to interview a lot of successful people and interview a lot of people that I know I'm deeming successful by actually their happiness. I've interviewed people who are wealthy. I wouldn't say they're successful because they're miserable and I don't think that's like the life I want personally. But I've also met people who are really successful and they're happy with their life and their peace and they're content. And I would say that's one of the traits that I notice the most about them is that they're always learners. They're always like, okay, well, I'll figure it out and giving themselves the control and the power back that if you give to other someone else, you're always going to stay stuck. Whereas if you hold that power in into yourself, like, okay, I might not know, but I will find out or I might fail, but I'm not going to fail because I'm going to keep trying. Like that really allows you to create a lot of change and very quickly. Yeah. Oh, so beautiful. Everything you just said is exactly right. You know, it's like, and, and 
I, I, there's just such a different mindset, you know, and one of the things that I've learned about the brain is that the brain is wired for safety. The, the brain is wired for safety. The brain is not wired for success. So we actually have to rewire our brain for success. And, yeah. and, and so, but sometimes I think certain people, their brains have just sort of come pre-wired a little bit differently. And I think entrepreneurs are that way. I don't know, because I think I've always been sort of pre-wired that way. And I think, you know, it sounds like you have too. <clears throat> and I, I know, like for me, I, I built my law practice and I thought that that was the mountain. Like I thought that was the thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I It's like once I hit it, I was like, okay, here I am. And then I didn't like the hamster wheel phase of it. Yeah. No, like I was like, oh, okay, now all the business is coming. And I always say I built it and then it ate me. Cause like, yeah. I, I, I was like, all right, now here I am, but I want more. Like I want, I want the creation piece of it. Yeah. Right. And, and, but then you, that you always end up with these naysayers because like, I think for me, People were like, why would she leave? Why would she leave that law practice? You know, it was like so booming. And I, I, I didn't even have to step outside of my office. I had all the top clients in town wanted to hire me or whatever. People thought I had cancer, you know, what was going on, you know. And even when I started law school, by the way, when I went back to law school, I had these three little babies because I got married at 19 the first time and I had three kids by the time I was 23. And I went back to law school. It was still in my 20s when I went back to law school as a single mom. Um, at night, people were like, oh, why would you do that? You're crazy. Everybody who's graduating from law school is like bagging groceries nowadays. There's no, there's too many lawyers. And I was like, well, somebody's going to get a job. Why wouldn't it yeah. be me? You know, I mean, and so I think that there's always naysayers. Like I'm sure when you left being a chiropractor, people were like, why would you leave the safety of being a chiropractor? You know, that's yeah. crazy, right? I think, you know, shutting off the naysayers is part of it too, right? Coming up, more on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung. The first thing to start with any business is first of all, like your purpose. So really understanding why you're doing something. And the reason I say that is because a business is just as hard as working for someone, all right? It's never, there's no like easy route between either of them, but you have to do something you're passionate about, something you're excited about, something that you're like, actually like, this is why I want to get up. Are you struggling with a narcissist? in your life, whether it's a family member, a friend, a business partner, a soon-to-be ex, whoever it is, are you ready to shift that power dynamic, but you're just feeling like you cannot win, like everybody is believing their lies, and you're just feeling like there's just no way that you can shift that power dynamic. I've got a brand new masterclass for you. I'm sharing all my secrets and so that you can finally take back your power and break free from this hell emotionally, physically, and spiritually. I've never done this free masterclass before. Go to break free from hell and sign up. Come 
be with me and get my secrets so that you can finally take back your power and break free. Break free from hell and let's do this. Take a listen to our archive where you can listen to more episodes that show you the path to how to negotiate your best life. So if you want to get some kind of injunction against the person or I guess, in, in, you know, in regular word terms, it's a restraining order or mm-hmm. something like that, you have to be able to show that you're in danger. You have right. to be able to show, you can't just say, I'm scared of this person because this person has civil yeah. rights. They have constitutional rights. You have, they have to have notice and opportunity to be heard and all of that sort of thing. And now we return to today's show. 100%. So many people told me not to do it because I, yeah, there I was sat with a vocational degree, which gave me a really good solid salary. Um, and so people were like, why are you doing that? And I remember my boss at the time when I was like telling him, um, cause I was like a partner in it. So kind of a little bit like a law firm in a way. Um, so I had to tell them like, Hey, I'm leaving. I've set up this business, etc." And he was like, I'm really worried about you. I just think you're just so ambitious and like, this won't be a success. And I was just like, huh. That's really interesting. But I think like you have to really protect yourself from those people, but also from those stories. Like you get to choose which stories you tell yourself. And those stories of the naysayers are just their limiting beliefs. They either have it that it's actually their fears that they couldn't possibly do it. Or then you do get people who just want you to stay the same. I remember I was like chatting to an old boyfriend. Um, this was like some years ago. I was like chatting to him online and he was like, you've really changed. And I was like, dude, it's been 15 years. I should hope I have changed. <laughs> like, We're in trouble if we've not changed in 15 years. And I think just really owning like, you know, your self-belief and no one is going to believe in you as much as you can believe in yourself. And so if you don't learn and you don't learn the skill sets, and this is what I just want to get across, all of this is learned. Like you choose to decide, okay, I am going, I don't have, maybe you don't have great self-belief right now. I'm going to choose to learn the practices that will help me have better self-belief. Like I've done things, like I went to Hoffman, like it was like six days where you talk about like inner child and like some of the limiting beliefs that you have and come back to like who your core essence is and like what really lights you up. And so like really not acknowledging like you can invest in your own, like you can invest in your own transformation. You can invest in your own mindset. And I think, again, it just comes back to like, I was never willing for anyone to take that away from me. Like you might be able to tell me that I can't do something like now, but you can't tell me like, okay, you're never going to be able to do that, right? I fully accept like in this position right now, could I, I don't know, let's say, could I swim you know, as fast as X, Y, Z or do a hundred meters and whatever. No, I couldn't. But if I trained, I might even get there, but I could get closer. And it's the same thing. Like wherever you're at in business, yes, transitions are hard, but they're still doable. And you just said something that I also realized. I actually wasn't a born entrepreneur. I like just knew how to work. That was it. I was like a workhorse, like a four jobs at the age of like 14. Um, 
And I would say also my life was very like, I grew up in a little village in the UK. It was like very, it was very comfortable. We weren't rich, we weren't poor. And so my thermostat on life, I would say like, and I always quote this like the temperature. I was literally in like California weather. So it was like 70 degrees, like all year round, right? It was just like, it was just nice. Mm -hmm. And I realized that when I met my partner, um, he's from Trinidad and he grew up with like no running water at times. Um, there would be like shootings in his backyard. Like it was just completely different. And so he, but he also didn't know he didn't have anything. And he grew up with so much love, so much laughter. So he had this polarity in his temperature. So his temperature range would go from like 40 degrees, 30 degrees to that whole 80 degrees, right? And so I realized he had such a huge range of temperature that he was able to be resilient at. So one thing that I really realized as I went into business and when I went through these changes was like, okay, my temperature is really, really like where I'm comfortable is in such a really like narrow situation. How do I expand upon that? And how do I expose myself? And how do I learn? Like, okay, this is actually testing me. Like this situation right now is just me increasing my thermostat's range. Mm. And so when I started looking at opportunities or challenges that I was having in my life, whether it was people, whether it was financial situations, whether it was trying to even get my visa to move to the US, which for anyone who's immigrated knows that's really hard. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is my test at 40 degrees. Like I'm getting used to having these. And so being able to see that 40 degrees isn't bad. You just need to dress for 40 degrees. You just need a different set of clothing. You just need this still beautiful scenery at 40 degrees. There's like all these amazing things that you can do. Likewise, 80 degrees is going to feel too hot or 85 degrees is going to feel too hot. But if you have a pina colada in your hand and you buy a swimming pool, it feels amazing. And so looking at my life, like, okay, how can I always get in situations where I'm better equipped for that situation, better equipped for that temperature? That has really been like a metaphor that's helped me go, okay, I feel really uncomfortable now. What can I do? How can I be prepared for this temperature range? Like, who do I need around me? What mental work do I need to do? What physical work do I need to do so that I can withstand being at this temperature for a longer period of time? than I was planning to be. I hope this is making sense. I'm a bit of a thing. I have a thing for metaphors. <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we carry them and we bottle them up, it can definitely affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get them off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I know it's definitely been helpful for me in learning how to deal with past trauma and set boundaries and be the best version of myself. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's super convenient because it's all online and flexible. Just Fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash negotiate today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash negotiate. No, I think it makes perfect sense. I mean, I thought you were going to go a different place with the, the 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 thermostat thing because I've actually heard it in a in a different way. But I love that. I love that metaphor. I love that metaphor. I've heard it in a different way, more like um, 
as far as success goes. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you're used to having success at a certain place. And then when you um, start to try to move your success up, it, it you actually start to feel imposter syndrome. Yeah. And, and so, too. yeah. And so you kind of almost push yourself back to your thermostat comfort level because yeah. it's like uncomfortable for you to get to like the warmer temperatures. And, and so you almost... Uh, like go back to like your 70 degree level because it doesn't feel comfortable for you to be at 85 degrees or whatever. 100%. And, I can totally see how that works too. It's yeah. like getting comfortable being uncomfortable too, right? Yeah. So like, oh yeah, you have to like reclimatize. I yeah. guess that's kind of like the, the theme between both of them. It's like being your ability to reclimatize yeah. at different temperatures is really where you kind of like own that power still versus like giving it away. If we take it back to that victimhood, it's like, no, let me, how do I, yes, this is uncomfortable right now, you know, either having this success. So how do I get the people or the things to support me so I don't go backwards? Or likewise, if you want to move into it, like, who do you, what do you, like, how do you get in those situations to you know, feel more comfortable? Yes, exactly. Because I, I, you know, I know for me, I, I have had that with my, my business situation. Like the more success, it's like, oh my God, do you almost sort of like go, oh, my, uh, do I um, deserve this? What's happening? And then you start to get uh, okay. Yes, I do. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's almost mm-hmm. like a little bit. Um, I know I had that with my law firm, and then again with this online business because it, it all both in both situations for me it, it happened really quickly. Yeah, I was, I, I was like a teacher uh, for for a brief period of time, and then I went back to law school, and then my law firm took off really really quickly, and then this online business took off really quickly too, and then it, you know so in both situations I had to reclimatize as you said. Yeah, and it, you know, and so in both situations for me, I like I had to deal with like sort of the imposter syndrome situation. Same. Yeah. Same. I felt like I've done a few like conversations on imposter syndrome before because I'm exactly the same. Like I've suffered so much from it. And even when we first started building Boss Babe, like I used to hide so much behind the scenes because I had such imposter syndrome about it or I wouldn't even post on social media. And I'd be like, what does people think? I What, what do people want to know from me? And like all of these stories. Um, so I totally relate to that. And I think, you know, just understanding yourself and, you know, sometimes imposter syndrome is, it really comes down to like not feeling good enough and not feeling worthy. That's honestly why I did Hoffman. Like that's actually why I went to Hoffman because I was like, oh, how do I like break through? Um, Yeah, I did Hoffman too, by the way. Yeah. But I didn't do, I didn't do the six day. I did the the weekend version, but it was really good. Yeah. Yeah, I did the six day. It was yeah, I want to do the six day. Yeah. But even the weekend one was good too. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, so for people who are in, I mean, so you know, since you did Hoffman and you know, so anybody who's listening, we're talking about the Hoffman. Um, it's a trauma program. It's it's very, very good. But neither of us are affiliated with it. We just happen to no. both do it. It's a charity. <laughs> it's a non um it's actually a charity formation. Yeah. So it's the Hoffman Institute. But yeah. Um, so for 
those of uh, you know, and both of us have dealt with narcissists and and you know, uh, you know, traumatic people in our lives, and so we both know the 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 toll it can take on us and in our mental state, and and so we say this with all authenticity and and humility. Um, so for those people who are feeling that right now and who are are feeling, you know, and and, uh, smart people, brilliant people who are just in that situation right now and they're going, okay, well, where do I start? You know, this is great, but, and I would love to make money and I would love to maybe do something, you know, where, where do they start? What can they do? So I would suggest like, do you mean from a point of view of just like breaking free from well, like to, to just make money, like, you start an online business or, you know, mm-hmm. um, they're like looking at you going, hey, she was able to go online and start an online business and like start make a multi-million dollar business from nothing. Yeah. So like I'm sitting in my house in a small town somewhere listening to 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 you. What would I do starting today? I always like would say like the first thing to start with any business is first of all, like your purpose. So really understanding why you're doing something. And the reason I say that is because a business is just as hard as working for someone. All right. It's never, there's no like easy route between either of them, but you have to do something you're passionate about, something you're excited about, something that you're like, actually like, this is why I want to get up every single day. So I think first and foremost, it's like understanding like what your purpose is, how you want to lead. I was thinking about how I want to lead this world better than I left it. And for me, my purpose is to really help female founders, So I created a marketing newsletter, which helps people get more customers because I'm like, I want only 2% of women's businesses reach seven figures. That's crazy to me. So my purpose was founded on that. Like I want to change the stats. I get her her newsletter. (laughs) (laughs) And so like focusing on that and your purpose can be anything. I also think don't get ahead of yourself into thinking, oh, well, how could I possibly monetize that? Because that's going to come down the line. But it's just like, what am I good at? And that could be anything from like cooking to, um, I don't know, dancing to like any of it, but really giving yourself Arranging space to create. Yeah. Whatever. Yes. Anything these days. And then once you do that purpose stage, you start understanding and start looking into a little bit more around, okay, well, what will people buy for this? I mentioned it earlier. So it's like, what do you love doing? Um, What are you good at? And how can you combine that with where the market is? Like, what is the market doing? And like, are people buying these things? And what people will people pay for? If you can find that combination and ask yourself, I always draw it. It's like, could the Ikai guy, you know, draw four circles of people watching this on YouTube and say, but like four circles and that overlap, you'll find something that could be a really great business. The second thing I would say... So what are the four circles? It's like what I'm good at or like what I like, like what I enjoy, what I'm actually good at. Um, the third one is what's like, what's happening in the market. And then the fourth one is like, what will people actually pay for? Okay. And so once you start looking at that, 
I want you to then go and explore things, like go and play with ideas. Most people's businesses won't get off the ground because they don't even start to. Like they don't even get off the idea stage. And you don't even need to sell, tell a soul about it. You can literally just like start playing with things. And I'll just share. When in 2016, I decided I wanted to leave chiropractic, notice the timeline. 2016, I didn't found Boss Babe till 2018. It took me two years to figure out. In the meantime, I tried selling stuff stuff on Amazon. I tried, I was like, okay, I'll learn to be like, um, even looked at like MLM. Like I looked at all these things around like, how can I take an online business? And so I just want to be like, Hey, if you're sitting here and you're like, wait, I've tried a couple of things that failed. Don't give up. It's the same thing. You're trying to learn to walk right now. So the more times you can fall over, then you're going to stumble and land upon the, the piece that actually really starts getting that growth. So starting to try things. So the second thing I would say is like audience. So really building an audience or if you have an audience, like how can you sell it? How can you reach people? And let's say you're arranging flowers. You don't need to be out on Instagram, but you might just be like in your neighborhood newsletter, or you might just be in your, you know, like you might sell, I don't know, maybe a beekeeper and you're like, you know, getting honey and you start selling that to the local shops, like whatever that looks like for you. It's just finding where that audience is at. Again, one of the biggest things that I see most people like doing is they block themselves. Like it's actually... Your job is like, really as an entrepreneur, is like not to take yourself out the race. Most people won't even leave the starting blocks because they take themselves out the race. They're like, oh my God, well, I'm never going to win. I'm never going to win that 100 meter race. So why would I even bother trying? Versus, wow, if I actually run the race, I'm already winning. Like I'm already ahead of most people. Most people don't even get out the starting blocks. So really giving yourself permission to be like, okay, like, let me just see. And then you can just start the next um, third phase. It's like your revenue, just start selling a couple of things and selling things doesn't look like millions of dollars straight out the gate. It's just like, oh, I made $20 here. I made a hundred dollars here. I made a thousand dollars here. And again, I think, you know, one thing that's I really want to bring home to a lot of people on social media now, you watch content creators. So there's like, was like 4 billion people on social media. And what like most people are actually consuming the content of the same people because there's only 1% that are actually content creators, but that's who most of us are watching outside maybe some of our family and friends. You're getting professional content creators. So most people were getting this warped vision of what's happening in life. Like, oh my God, everyone is successful, but me. Everyone has all this stuff, but me. Everyone needs to have a million dollar business else they aren't X, Y, Z. Whereas actually the reality is, Everyone's just watching the same people. There's so many more success. There's only so many different ways to define success. It's not on a bank balance. It also doesn't have to be on social media. So there's so many different ways in your business, whether it be doing stuff on Facebook and Instagram and other platforms and social media, or doing stuff in person, working with shops, like getting your, if you are someone who's crafty and you want to make stuff, working with local organizations or setting up a franchise that's a brick and mortar because you've always had an interest in, I don't know, massages, Aliweb has squeeze. I don't know. But I'm just like saying that it's really important to allow yourself to play in the zone around how you can bring revenue in. Because then once you bring the revenue in, you can move on to four, which is systemizing it, which is, okay, now I bought some in, let me do more of that thing. And I remember your story, Rebecca, that you didn't necessarily, oh, I'm going to talk about narcissism. I'm going to do this YouTube. Then you started seeing, well, hang on a minute. This is a conversation that's really interesting and starting to lean more into that. And then you know, so that's when you're starting to bring in the systems that support the revenue. And then it's about growth and scaling. So 
I would say like there's those five stages that I've always implemented, but I'll be honest with you because I don't want anyone to feel like left out. Like the purpose phase is often the hardest phase. Like I think sometimes we forget to ask ourselves like what we actually want. And so spending time in that phase, creating that vision of your life really, you know, if I think why I ended up as a chiropractor was because I didn't really understand what I wanted in my life. Like I didn't really understand like who I was, what I wanted to create that for me, I didn't want to live in the village that I grew up in. I didn't want to, you know, live in a small town. I wanted to live in a big city. I wanted to have more experiences, but I didn't understand that in my twenties. And I think sometimes that can go into our thirties, forties, fifties. If we don't ask ourselves, well, what do I want? Like, actually, what do I want? Journal about it, vision about it. And that's when that purpose element. And today, in today's world, you can monetize anything. Like there's people who are monetizing their feet because other people have foot fetishes. I mean, if that is not empowering to believe that you can sell oh anything. My God. I didn't even know that. So there you go. So. <laughs> Literally. It's a thing, apparently. Once oh I put my, my God. In Instagram post and I had so many DMs. It was so weird. <gasps> wow. Okay. So there you have it. There you have it. But, you know, honestly, with social media nowadays and so many different avenues, like there's somebody who's going to buy something from somebody. <laughs> And it's that whole like, victim thing. If you're not careful, if you hear yourself, oh, well, no one's going to buy my thing. Check yourself because if you don't actually underlying all of this, underlying those five pillars of purpose, um, sort of purpose, audience, revenue, systems, and growth, underlying all of that is mindset. You will not achieve anything if you don't tell yourself you can achieve it. Like the first hurdle is actually saying, oh. I'm going to start a business or, oh, I'm going to get out of this toxic relationship or, oh, I'm going to do this thing. Like if you tell yourself you can't do it, it's really a self-fulfilling prophecy. Whether you, I think there's that saying like, whether you tell yourself you can't, you can or you can't, you're probably right. Oh, a hundred percent. self-fulfilling. A hundred percent. You have to believe that you can. And I always say when people say like, oh, I, it's, it's not going to happen for me. I, I can't do it. They always get their way whatever. I always say, okay, so do you want to be right about that? Or do you actually want to get what you want? <laughs> exactly. Like that's actually a really good, like really good. I've never heard someone say that. Like, do you want to be right about that? Because <laughs> I think sometimes people do because they're stuck in that thermostat, right? That's where they're comfortable. Like, but okay, you get to be right. Go you. <laughs> yeah, you get right. to be right and you get to stay miserable if you want to. Yeah. Or you can be wrong and find the happiness that you feel yeah, you deserve. Yeah, exactly. I love that. So true. Yeah. <laughs> so empowering. Exactly. So this is so good. Where can people learn more about you and follow you and all that good stuff? So I am most active on Instagram. It's just my name, Danielle Canty. And on LinkedIn, I've just actually started posting a little bit more on there. And outside of that, you can also, if you are interested in marketing strategies, I have a newsletter called The 2%, which is, like I said, all aimed at um, helping people get more customers and make more money. And just, I realized that I was not a natural marketer and I had to learn to be good at marketing marketing. And so now I just like share resources, tips and ideas to people to apply to their business, which, um, you know, are current strategies that I know are working and I just share it. It's completely free. I was just like, you know what, particularly women, I want to help more of us have scalable businesses, but men are welcome too. All right. So opt into her newsletter. How do you opt into your newsletter? Oh, Danielle-Canty. Um, 
um, com forward slash newsletter. It would help if I told you that. It's also on my Instagram account too in my bio. But yeah, danielle-canty.com forward slash newsletter. So I'll give you a link in the description as well, Rebecca. Perfect. We'll we'll make sure that everything is in the show notes for you as well. So we'll make sure that you get all that good stuff. So definitely go follow her, check her out. Whoever you are, if you're so ready to make more money or just empower yourself, have a better mindset, go check her out. You are the best, the best boss babe in, uh, in, on the planet. Just adore you. Thank you so much. Well, I so appreciate you, Rebecca, and all the advice that you're giving. Because I think it's like, you know, uncomfortable conversations that need to be had. And um, I'm just really blessed to have you in my life. And I think you empower so many people to really break free of situations that, you know, are not ideal. So I'm grateful for all the work that you're putting out there. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zung. Tune in next week for another edition of Negotiate Your Best Life. Remember, if you want more ways to slay and you want more ways to be supported, you can always join my membership at joinslay.com forward slash slay. You can always subscribe to my YouTube channel and you can always grab my free Crush My Negotiation prep worksheet at winmynegotiation.com. Remember that today is a great day to start negotiating your best life. And I will definitely catch you in the next episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, Slayers, I'm here to tell you about a new podcast I'm excited about, Creating Confidence, hosted by Heather Monahan, a part of the Yap Media Network. Heather sits down with experts like Gary Vee, Sarah Blakely, and Les Brown to share with you techniques and strategies to create your confidence, pursue your dreams, and leapfrog villains you'll meet along the way. Creating confidence is about elevating your confidence to the highest level ever and take your business right there with you. Don't believe me? I'm going to share some of the amazing reviews that I've seen on Apple. Here's one. Heather has the perfect gems of wisdom that not only inspire you, but motivate you into action. I recommend it to anyone who wants to elevate their reach and go to that next level. How about that? That's amazing. Here's another one. Heather is so inspiring and each episode is filled with tips and tricks on how to become more confident and live the life of your dreams. So if you are looking to level up your confidence, check out Creating Confidence now. Subscribe to Creating Confidence with Heather Monahan today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is.